What's going on everybody? It is producer Ariel here to let you know that we are doing a Save Paid giveaway for our lovely listeners like you. We are giving away a $100 Amazon gift card as well as a free year of our digital marketing platform, which is made up of 64 automated touch points, social media posts, email newsletters, a beautiful digital magazine that you can be sending out to your sphere. Our contest ends on July 18th, so you're going to want to make sure that you enter before then. All of the information on how to enter is on our Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast, so be sure to check that out. And without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Steich along with Luke Acre. Our guest today is an international motivational speaker, author, podcast host, top real estate agent. This yes, is Firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. And firecracker is a compliment. Like this person, like unbelievable. I told Josh, I was like, that is phenomenal. Like just, it's like a keynote. It's like we got a keynote in this podcast interview. And the best part about this that you guys are going to see is not only do we talk principles and we talk, hey, how did, you know, what are your success metrics, those type of things. She actually got into some incredible details and gave a piece of advice at the end. Yeah. That I've never heard anybody about the say. daily habits. So yep. you've got to stick around and listen yep. to that. Never heard anybody give this type of advice that I thought was so practical. You got to listen to it. Our review today, our featured review actually comes from YouTube. So I pulled another YouTube nice. uh, comment for this one because this one comes from a fan of ours and and someone that we've worked with as well, Christina Bell. Oh, yeah. And you actually did a webinar uh, mm-hmm. at her office. Love recently. Christina Bell. But she commented on our interview with Glenda Baker, which was all about how to master relationship marketing. That was episode 243. So you can check that out on, on YouTube as well. Wow. This is definitely one of your best podcasts. Love every bit of this and so many golden nuggets of info and relationship marketing is where it's at. Atlanta agents are killing it and Glenda is amazing. So we've gotten a ton of great feedback from that interview as well. Ariel's touching the camera. It's impossible to focus when she's touching the camera. But this is a podcast, right? This is a podcast. You just go with the flow. You keep going. Uh, We would love, before we get into the interview, if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you're not already, while you're there, drop us a five-star review along with a comment and we will read that on the show as well. Now, this week's interview. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Steik, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Our guest today is Lee Brown, an international motivational speaker who happens to be hilarious in an almost inappropriate but still family friendly way all hyphenated i love yes, that almost inappropriate almost but still family friendly <laughs> one of the top selling realtors in charlotte north carolina real estate market and has made the rpac hall of fame times three she put in her bio high five if you know what that is so high five everybody if you guys know what that is she's a wife she's a mama she's got three cats available for adoption if anybody's looking for them she loves <laughs> cooking singing playing the piano needlepoint Man, I love this bio. Yeah. We got all the hobbies in there. She's a child of God, follower of Jesus, trying to get a life right one mistake at a time. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, you know, I had to take action and say yes. So it's an honor to be here with (laughs) y'all. I love that. Lee, so excited to have you on. Love your content. Love what you've been doing over the years. Um, Just so many um, avenues that you're in. I mean, you're an author, podcaster, massive, successful real estate agent, keynote speaker. Would love for you to share just a little bit of your journey. I mean, how did Lee Brown come to doing all that stuff? I really want to start with the beginning of that Steve Martin 
removing the jerk. Do you remember the first part of that? I can't say it on your show. We'll get canceled and kicked off of YouTube. But if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it and then you'll laugh with me because it's things that couldn't happen in today's world. But I'm a 21-year realtor. My business is old enough to legally drink now. So all of you who have been in the business less than 21 years are obviously drinking on a fake ID. But before that, I sold chainsaws. I sold stocks and bonds in Manhattan. I worked as a bartender to pay for college. I worked as an umpire. That's something that's not well known about me. I'm certified in Interesting. That's how that was my work study job. And it's also because I had a total crush on one of the Florida State baseball players. And that's how I could stare at him while I was umpiring. I probably shouldn't have told that out loud, but that's how realtors work. And I became an author by accident, a speaker by accident, a podcaster by accident, because I have this penchant for saying, yes, this sounds like a great idea. And then I jump in and then have to figure out how to do it correctly later on. So I have a high case of boredom, a high case of willingness to try new things, but also a highly competitive nature. So I have to win at whatever I'm doing. And that's about the biggest 30,000 view I can give you without boring the life out of everybody that's watching and listening. <laughs> Wasn't it Richard Branson that said, like, just if, yes. yeah, just say yes. You figure it out later. Just say yes. If the opportunity presents itself, you can you can figure it out later. I think well, it was I mean, Richard Branson. You say yes to most things, but in real estate and some investments you should say no to. And in dating, you should not marry everybody who asks because if I'd married the first guy that asked, I'd be divorced right now with four kids on the back of a motorcycle with a Marlboro hanging out. Is that was that the Florida State paper? baseball player? Was that no? The, I no. never did. I never did land him. I just I never did figure that out. I didn't have my closing skills down. I wasn't reading Zig Ziglar at the time. Yeah, you're now, just a, now a, a, a looker. I I won. It's like those people that get on Instagram and never engage, never post. They just look at everybody. Yeah, the stalkers. Yeah, <laughs> lurkers, or they're just posting canned content that they bought from somebody else, and they say, "Well, I don't have any followers. Why well, don't I have any comments?" Hmm. <laughs> So talk to us a little bit. Okay, 21 years, right? And actually very successful too in your real estate business. So walk us through kind of what, how are you like, our number one question is like, how are you generating leads for your business? How do you actually, you know, get a consistency coming in to where you don't feel like you're on a hamster wheel? And I'm really curious to pick your brain because you do so much content. Right. So is it is the speaking making money for you? Is the podcasting making money for you? Or is that more just something you're doing to give back? Kind of walk us through all of that. Well, to answer the last part of the question first, because it's the short part, my podcast is a passion project and it is a net loss for me, but it's a net gain in the people that I get to meet and I get to promote other people's businesses. So that's been really impactful in a lot of extra ways. It don't have to do with my bottom line. My speaking business is highly profitable. Um, all three of my books have been number one bestsellers, which has made That's them awesome. profitable. And they're all self-published, by the way, because I was too cheap to give up a chunk of my money to the publishing houses. I like that. And also, I had a built-in audience from producing all the content. And the content comes from the years and the business and the knowledge. So where does the consistency come from? Well, I hate to even say this out loud because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. But you know what, friends? You're supposed to get your feelings hurt in life. That's just how things go. Mm. If you can make it to 10 years in real estate, your phone will ring. Mm. Honestly, survival is a big piece of the real estate game. And it's one thing nobody likes to talk about because our society is obsessed with the idea of the silver bullet and the overnight success and the rags to riches story. And those things do happen, but they're outliers. For most people, it is that daily discipline that determines their outcomes. And if your daily discipline is about 
picking up the phone, getting out in public, seeing people, and you make it through every day in some way, shape, or form, you get to 10 years, your phone will ring. So that being said, you're thinking, but Lee, I'm only two years in the business. How do I survive? How do I get to where you've gotten? What I just said, your daily activities determine your outcome. It's not anything complicated, but it's also not $1,000 a month in coaching. And I hate to be the one to tell y'all that because y'all love to spend money on things that are going to tell you to do what you already knew to do, but you didn't want to do and you weren't going to do it anyway. You pay somebody and you get no results. That's on you. Mm. Hate to be the one to tell you. That's why they should call coaches accountability partners more. That's really what you're trying to pay for. It's like a, it's almost like a physical trainer. Wouldn't you agree? Like you could figure out- you can call some coaches accountability partners. Yeah. Now, this is not a testament for all the coaches out there because okay. God knows there's some that are probably terrible. But you think of like a physical trainer, like they, you could figure out all the exercises on your own. There's apps for that. Right. There's play. apps. You can do all that. But that person, really what it is that I found over the years of doing it with like a physical trainer, I know you can't tell looking at me, but it's because they're going to be there at the gym at 5 a.m. and you feel bad and guilty and you've made an obligation and a commitment. Yeah, I got to show up because they're there. They're waiting for me. So I think coaching plays in a little bit there, but you are so right. Like the knowledge is out there. The problem is the discipline. The problem is the, the I guess what you would call the motivation. How have you motivated yourself over the years? I get my dead ass up in the morning and do things. And I don't understand why people don't, they're like, no, no, no. But what do you do that's special? I set my alarm and I get up. That's really special. I guess it is. I run before daylight because if I don't run in the morning, it won't happen. Why do I run every day? Because I really like butter and I love to eat. So I have to run to do that or else I'll weigh way too much. And I'm not fat shaming, but honestly, if you need to lose weight, that's on you. I lost a whole bunch of weight 10 years ago and it was on me because I like the pressure on my knees. How did it happen? Daily decisions. It adds up. It's yes. Not- it's everything in life is what you decide to do. So my little personal secret, you know, it's crazy. It's a calendar. Oh, what? It's a piece of paper. I'm such an old person. I like tangible things. I have my daily planner here, which also has a monthly tracker. So I track on my monthly how many appointments I've had, how many incoming and outgoing referrals. And then day by day, I plan to the next day. I don't try to plan 30 days in advance because that's just not realistic in real estate. So this evening, I will put down on my list what needs to happen tomorrow that either didn't get done today or occurred to me, which is also how I do content. I've got a whole list of content ideas because I'm forever spotting opportunities for content. And then the next day, I'm going to take what didn't get done or what needs to happen, put it on the next day. I have to write it down or I won't remember it. I've had two children. They took away my vocabulary and my memory. And the reality is I am a kinesthetic learner. So if you're the person who hates devices, but you've been told you got to be a paperless agent, screw that. Be a paper agent if you want to be one. You have to know where your strengths are. So if you go back to what I'm doing that allows me to get so much done, because that's that's the number one question I'm asked. Lee, how do you get everything done in the day? You take care of your family and you sell houses and you do all this stuff. I write it down, but I get up. I set my alarm and I get up. Yeah, so good. I run and then I do my devotion and then I take a shower. Then I look at social media. That's the mistake a lot of y'all make. And I say this with love. Turn off your notifications for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, all those things because their time sucks. I don't look at that until I've gotten my big rocks out of the way. And for me, the big rocks are my personal health. And they are my spiritual health. I can handle everything else if those two things are okay. 
So I get that done and then I schedule out my day. So to get to lead generation, so back to your original question, first of all, stop thinking about people as leads. That's one of the biggest mistakes realtors make. You're just out there in that numbers game. We talk about the numbers game. You have to have a certain number of appointments. I'm tracking them. Certain number of phone calls. I'm tracking them. But when the phone rings, my dad taught me way back when I got in the business in 21 years ago. Hey, good afternoon. This is Lee Brown. They could have called anybody. There's 15,000 agents in Charlotte. And that's not counting the licensees that aren't realtors who are bound by the code of ethics. So 15,000 realtors have kept, picked me. Mm. Y'all realize what a big deal that is? So that's not a lead. That's a neighbor. They could live next door to me. They could want to live next door to me. So how am I going to treat them? If they bought the house next to you, would you talk to them differently than if you knew they were just some rando from the internet? You would. So what if you talk to people in that way and become more engaging and more inquisitive about who they are and how you can serve them? And that leads people to get into connectivity with you, which also leads them to bring their friends and family to you. So you've been, been in the business 10 years, your phone rings anyway, but if you want it to ring a whole bunch, treat people better and be super duper responsive. The other thing I will tell you is that my responsive level and my addiction to my communication is part of the reason I have a really thriving business. I had an agent last night texted me. I sent you an offer on a listing. I replied back. I said, I found it in spam. Thank you for letting me know. I asked him my questions. He said, I can't believe you responded so quickly. Agents just don't respond. Hmm. How sad is that? And that's an agent to agent communication. But does that matter? Yes, because we're in a low inventory market. And so how do we treat one another? That also impacts your business over the long haul too. So I think the question that pops into my mind at that moment is, you know, okay, you're super responsive. Do you ever cut it off in the sense of some agents are responding at 11 o'clock at night? Are you responding at 11 o'clock at night? What's your viewpoint there? Do you have business hours? What's your thought process there? I go to bed at nine o'clock. So if I respond to something at 11 o'clock, the response I get back is, you're supposed to be asleep. Why does my entire sphere know that I go to bed at nine o'clock? I tell them. That's one of the reasons I don't work 24-7. I've told people this is my life. I'm available for your real estate needs from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Weekends Mm. are by appointment only. It's that simple. 12 hours a day is a gracious plenty. Do I have to do appointments on the weekend? Of course, because the right house in a low inventory market only appears when you've shaved your legs and it's date night. That's just how it's going to roll. And you don't go show it. They've missed the house. Look, y'all are laughing because you're like, I know what that means. See, because you say, I hope you know what that means. You froze over there. Okay. Let's, let's talk to your wife and make sure she understands that you know what that means because <laughs> it means something. But anyway, I can't. It's too good. Oh, you got to be prepared at all times, but you can still put some kind of guardrails on your business because let's be realistic. Real estate is not life threatening. And the way that we as realtors treat it is that at 11 o'clock at night, oh my God, if I don't respond, they're gone. Yep. All right. If they bail on you at 11 p.m. because you didn't get back to them at 11 p.m. and you're an early bird like me, you got to be okay with letting them go. Yeah, they're Maybe not for they you. Maybe they're not owl agent because they're never going to be happy with me and we're going to have cognitive dissonance. Man, that's not healthy. But you have to have a mindset of abundance to really to function in that way, right? You can't have a mindset of scarcity. And you're really IDing like a fundamental problem across every aspect of growing a real estate business. You get commission breath because you are so desperate, right? And then when you're dealing with your clients, you get frantic and feel like you have to respond at all hours. And I've always said to people, it's like, I believe when you stand up 
for like your beliefs and what your value is, it actually makes the person across the table from you and the person that's working with you respect you more and feel like they're actually more confident in what you're going to deliver for them because they know, oh, I'm dealing with a true professional here, not someone that's going to go at every whim that I present to them, which then makes me doubt, wait, do they really know what they're doing? So I want to talk to you about your, because you put out your beliefs, right? And this is something, this is for my own selfishness because, you know, it's really hard in the social realm. Like we do a podcast ourselves to balance that, like, how much do you share of what you believe? And do you go all just not even care what people are going to think and put out that content? How do you overcome that fear? And then what's your advice to agents when it comes to sharing their beliefs? Because I know you are involved in politics too, right? And you share your faith as well as your real estate business. How do you get over the fear of doing that? And then also, what is your advice to do that well? Because you've done it really well, I believe. The first thing is don't be ugly, right? We have to learn that as an entire society, no matter what you think, there's ways to convey it that aren't ugly. You find yourself typing in all caps with a bunch of exclamation points. You're going over the deep end, hit backspace, do not hit post. And if what you're saying is slamming people, that's going to push people away from you. I have had a lot of work done in here and in here to make sure that the way I convey things doesn't drive people away from me because of me. Now, they might be driven away from me because of who they are, and I can't control that. Mm. So that's one of the first things you have to be comfortable with is you're not going to please everybody. But didn't we learn that in elementary school? Because we should have. You were never built to please all people and to have everybody think that you're on a pedestal. Because frankly, if everybody loves you and everybody believes what you say 100%, then something's off somewhere because none of us were built to agree with one another completely. But we should have been built to respect each other and to have really interesting conversations. So when I think about what I'm going to put out there, I position it in my head before I put it out there with my voice or with my words. Is this something I would say over a cocktail? Could we sit down and have an interesting conversation about what I'm about to say? If yes, then post. And if no, if it's going to make people set me on fire, then don't say it. Mm. So you have to find that balance. And the way that you find it, stop reading comment threads. Just stop. Stop reading them. Stay out of threads. Nothing good has ever come out of a political (laughs) post in the comments. It is a dumpster fire. And if you look at any public figure, Ben Shapiro is a really good example because he elicits really giant admiration on one side and really ugly hatred on the other side. Ben Shapiro is not looking at his mentions on Twitter. He's not reading all of that unless it comes from somebody he personally interacts with. Mm. But all the people that are in there trying to tear him down, he's not looking at it because he has an end goal in mind. So whatever you're doing, you have to realize that if your goal is to be known as a professional realtor in your market, you're supposed to have opinions. You're supposed to say this builder is highly regarded and has wonderful warranty. And this builder, we're going to have to inspect the daylights out of the house because they're not going to darken the door again after you buy it. It doesn't mean that either house is better, but the things that you know are going to help your clients make better decisions. That's where you have to find a way to stand tall because this builder that sucks may come after you and say, you are saying ugly things about me. I said, no, I said they should inspect it very, very carefully because you may or may not come back after closing, which is not a falsehood. So learn how to stand up. That's part of the reason the public goes to apps. 
They would much rather have an app tell them something than a sycophant over here. Because a lot of realtors act that way. Oh, this house is great. Oh, this is wonderful. This is great. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. They're not walking in the door saying, all right, look, we got a little crack over here. So let's take a little picture and save it for the home inspector. Hey, we've got hardboard siding. So in the Charlotte, North Carolina market, there's a bunch of hardboard siding. Its code name was Masonite. This was from back in the 80s and early 90s. Class action lawsuits, they've long since expired, but it's all over the marketplace. As a realtor, I got to show that to my buyers and say, here's the ins and outs on Masonite and hardboard, and here's where to look it up on the interwebs so they can make a great decision. If it's the house they love and now they don't want to buy it because it's 10000 in side and repairs, that's okay. Because that goes back to what you were saying before about commission breath. And one thing that I talk about with my agents all the time, the money cannot mean more to you than it means to your clients. Mm. If the money means that much to you, they're not going to use you. They're, your conversion is going to be off. And you'll wonder, what's wrong with people that they're not listening to me? Well, it's yeah. because they can tell that you are far more vested in the outcome than they were. And we have to let them drive that train. So all of those things start to add in. And I'll add one more thing about the whole letting people know who you are faith-wise and political and all these other places. Some of y'all are not comfortable with that, and that's okay. But you still better be doing the research and having your own opinions because realtors, we are the best grassroots organization on the planet. We're the world's largest grassroots organization. And I'll just remind you, the reason I stay so active politically with property rights issues there is no National Association of Homeowners. If I'm not the one going to my congressional delegates and explaining to them the problems that are being proposed in the new tax policy, who's going to do that? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it because I'm paying attention and I have to. And that's not an R issue or a D issue. That's a neighborhood and community issue. And by the way, that's another way to draw business to yourself. If you tell people that you're paying attention to issues outside of days on market and list price to sales price, they're going to really elevate their opinion of you because you're doing something more than your competitors are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you're talking about right there is adding so much value, um, compelling people to be drawn towards you. I want to jump back to what you said, because you said in the beginning, if, uh, if your business makes it 10 years, like you're surviving, right? Because you survived the 10 years and now the calls are coming in. What do you attribute that to? Do you attribute that to your branding, you being active in the community? Is this more of what you're doing with the relationships within your database? It's a combination of all of those things. The first thing I would say is we, we all know that adage that it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and a second to destroy it. So the way that you treat your clients and your customers and your neighbors who have not entered the pipeline yet, it adds up. And this is of course, a word of mouth world that we're in because the reviews will show up, but not just the reviews. Somebody says online, hey, I'm looking for a realtor. And somebody else says, oh, you should call Lee. And then somebody else says, don't call her because she sucks. That's where you have no control over that. And a lot of those things, you'll never see that conversation because it happens in DMs and in private channels. So think about the way that you portray yourself and also what you put out there. You mentioned before that I put a lot out there. Well, I live a very transparent life. And that frankly makes my life easier because I never have to tell a lie or remember anything because everything's out there for public consumption. And the people that call me have done all that research. They know who I am. The same thing happens whether you've been in the business five minutes or 45 years. Somebody hears your name. Let's go to LinkedIn and let's go to Facebook and let's see who they are. 
And if what they see is going to pull them into conversation with you, you're going to have a good chance with them. And that's something that has to be in your business every single day when you're considering the long-term ramifications of your name on your business, not your brokerage and not anything else, but you, because you are the product that they're buying here. They're not buying the house. They're buying the realtor whose advice will help them get the correct house or sell the correct house. You are the product. So if you think about that from day one, it's a game changer in building the business. And so then what do you want people to think about you? Do you want them to think that you're a machine? Well, that's the person who puts a sign in the yard and they hold open houses and they talk mortgage rates and they talk about the same things everybody else does. Mm -hmm. That's one way to be perceived. But then, well, I'd rather people know that I'm I'm really nice. All right, great. How do you demonstrate that to the world? Is that volunteering with Meals on Wheels and Habitat? Start figuring out where you fit into the community and tell people, this is where I choose to spend my non-real estate time. Maybe you want to be known as a family person. Great. You might have privacy issues with your kids. Post the top of their head or post their hand holding an ice cream cone. There's ways to do it that will guard privacy, but tell people that your priorities are this and such. That all adds up and it makes people want to call you. If we go back to Marketing 101, there's two kinds of marketing. There's push marketing, which is what most people do. Here's a recipe card. Here's a days on market. Here's a flyer. Here's this, here's this, here's this. Maybe somebody will react, but usually you're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. Poll marketing is where you want to be. Poll marketing says you're putting something out there that makes somebody else ask a question or give a reaction or engage with you in some way. And that's what builds your brand over time is the amount of pull that you're doing. So at the beginning of my career, my first nine years, my only goal was to be number one in Charlotte. So I went to every convention, grabbed every idea from top producers, wrote everything down. And the secret to that, I implemented. Mm -hmm. I didn't just write down my ideas. I said, that will work. Boom, try it. Boom, that's not my market. I'll try it. I didn't go in there with the sense of, well, I'm not that person that won't work here. That's not my price point. Whatever the excuse is a realtor will give. I said, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Tried everything. And I made my way to number one in Charlotte. And that's all it takes is the desire to figure out what you want to have as a brand and then the implementation of action ideas. And I didn't re- I didn't create this, right? The beauty of real estate and back to that concept of abundance, we're in the profession where people will give you everything if you ask. Hey, Lee, can I try that system you talked about? Yeah, here's my form. Shazam, knock it out. Hey, can I copy your video on Instagram? Please do. You don't have to start from scratch. I know that I have a marketing mind and I've got a creative gift. Not everybody has that. That's cool. Find people who do and lean into their skills. I am an organized person now because other people shared their systems with me and then I made them better. And that's a give and take, a beautiful opportunity that we have. And it has to build from the beginning on. Do you do any push marketing? Like, do you do the postcards? You do the flyers? You do the Facebook ads? Do you do, you do any of that now? Or is it all through your I content? Do. Your brand? I do. I do just, just souls. Okay. I do under contracts. But to a geo farm or to your past clients? Like I do them around a listing. Okay. Okay. So yep. I, I don't do a specific geo farm because I've sold so many houses in my years that I do a people farm. So I farm to my past clients and to the orphans, but I do the just solds and the just listeds in a tiny tight radius around my sign. I want to hit the people who have the opportunity to drive, walk and take a dog beside my sign because they have a relationship with it. 
if I do that mailing to a thousand people, it's fairly irrelevant because they don't have the faintest idea where that street was. But the neighbor four doors down, oh, I know that yellow house. What's mm-hmm. the scoop over there? That's where you get your phone to ring. So I do that. And then the other push marketing I do, I do calendars, but I send my calendars to my people farm. And frankly, I do that because my favorite client niche is my old people. And by that, I mean, over 75, they freaking love a calendar. But the thing that I've learned in doing push marketing is you still have to adapt it. You still don't just do things because they're done. So my calendars go out in October now because I know that my clients are going to hang up the first calendar they get. And that's the one that gets the best real estate in the house which is inside the pantry door where you point. write down all your doctor's appointments. If I don't get the pantry calendar, it's a waste of money. Well, the funeral home started sending theirs out earlier than mine back when I sent it in December. And I said, <laughs> damn it, the funeral home has beaten me. I got to move it up. So I scooted it up a couple of weeks to get in front of them. And then the Farm Bureau guy beat me too. And I said, I'm going to wind up sending my calendar out in March, but I will stay ahead of those two. <laughs> so that's where you've got to always pay attention at your competition. It's not just other realtors. You're competing for mind share and you're competing for space inside their home with other professions too. So that goes back to why you need to know what your market is. You mentioned geographic farming, but some people do niche farming. If you're doing niche farming, who else is going in that space and how do you collaborate with them but beat them too? Same thing in your geo farm, same thing in your people farm. That's so good. So good. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. So uh, I want to ask you a question on the big pain point right now, which is inventory, right? So pretty much everywhere I talk all over the nation, it's just low inventory, bidding wars, all that stuff. What's your kind of strategies? What's your advice? How are you trying to find listings uh, right now? First of all, acknowledge that you hate it. That's okay, right? Because our buyers need to understand that we're as frustrated as they are when they have to write five and 12 offers to get a listing. And we don't have control over the other side. I could win every bidding war if I knew what I was bidding against, but we're in blind bids and it's painful and it's exhausting. And if you're a buyer agent, I absolutely understand where you're coming from, where you're working seven days a week and you have never worked harder to get paid less frequently. I get that. But your buyers need to hear that too. Not that you want to beat them down, but there's a lot of empathy that you can bring into the process. And where I bring that around to help my buyers win is, first of all, I do every initial consult by Zoom so that we can have a heart-to-heart conversation about the market And this is really impactful. And I will say that every agent does need to be doing this because too many of us have that first meeting. You're like, I love that pocketbook. Oh my gosh, where are you from? Where'd you go to high school? I know your kids from Baltimore. And we build connection 
without talking about the professional pieces that they need to know. So if their max budget is 400, what do most realtors show them? They show them up to 450. You can't do that in this market. If their max budget is 400, you need to cap their search at 375. So they have room to bid and not be outside of what they're comfortable with monthly. So how do I get them there? When I do a Zoom call with them, I share screen. I've got my MLS open and logged in because you don't want them to see your ID and password. Be very smart about protecting your login. And I say, all right, tell me what y'all want. All right, you need 400, four bedrooms, 10 acres, new construction, a minute from uptown. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, another one, champagne taste on a beer budget. It's every buyer. And you click search and you get the big fat zero. And they're like, where's the houses? And you say, honey, what you described doesn't exist. But, you know, what do you want to change? All right, we don't need 10 acres. Okay, backspace, backspace, search. One house. What? Where's the rest of them? The market has very little standing inventory. So what else do you want to change? Well, we could spend 500. All right, backspace, backspace. Now you got five houses. They're visually understanding I'm not hiding houses from them because this is a common refrain from the public. They don't trust the realtor yet. Hmm. So they go to this thing and they start looking at apps, some apps that we don't like a lot. And they come back to you and say, I found this house on app X. And how come you didn't send it to me? You're like, what, what house is that? And you go to look it up and you're like, that sold a year ago. I don't know why it's showing (laughs) up over there, but they did that because you did not show them that you have access to current accurate data. I love sharing screen. And so as I work with them, we save search and now they have a trust factor with me because of my transparency. That's so that's one yeah. way you can train your buyers better on market conditions so you can position their offer to win. By the same token, your sellers, a lot of them think comps don't matter anymore because frankly, comps don't matter in some markets with appraisal waivers, which I am very firmly against appraisal waivers and inspection waivers. And you could argue with me if you want, but I'm the one that's right here because I will tell you that a couple of years from now, the legal field is going to make a daggum fortune out of real estate with the number of realtors that said, yeah, just wave it, wave it, wave it without going through pros and cons, getting everything in writing and really protecting their clients' long-term financial health and well-being. So I think that's something realtors need to take very seriously their fiduciary responsibility to their clients. And you're a fiduciary, you're responsible for skill, care, and diligence in the transaction. And that's very important. So when you go over that with your sellers and you say the comp show X, and I'm seeing Y as a push, and here's the ones that were outliers on appraisal, may or may not be able to get there. We can know by showings. So you've got to help them understand the bigger picture in the market. One thing every realtor who's listening and watching this should be doing though, Watch your days on market because in every zip code that I've talked to, and I travel and speak a lot, whether it's by Zoom or in person, days on market are creeping up. And Mm. in most markets, they've gone from about three days to about nine days, which doesn't sound like much, right? It's just a week and a half. But look at the percentage increase. That's the frontline indicator that something might be shifting. Mm. Now, it might not be, right? I'm not saying we're looking at a market crash, but anytime you have slight adjustment in the market, Your sellers need to be on the front end of that. And so do your buyers. Why do I want to talk about that? Well, I lived through 2007 to 13. That was the worst time to be in real estate because the ball was flying downhill. And you were trying to get your sellers in front of it before they just completely came unglued. Nobody knew where the bottom was. So your job as a professional is to say, here's the skinny. 
Is this inflationary pressure? It's entirely possible. Inflation is here. It is real. It is impacting people's budgets. Is that going to impact what they can and can't buy? It should. Is it going to impact interest rates? At some point, it will. Why are we all talking about lumber now? Because it's up 400% in the last 15 months, and people are noticing the difference. That's what puts a little bit of a damper on the market. So that's great for your buyers. It means the Competition is a little better. And I think y'all have seen it too. Mm -hmm. You may have had 45 offers on that same listing six months ago, and now it's got eight. Still good for the seller, still multiple offers. It's just not as frothy as it was. So I watch my data weekly. One of the things that I put out on Instagram, it comes on Thursdays, although today it didn't because I did a Lucille Ball thing, which has gone really hilarious here. But I do a market in a minute. And in that little reel, it's how many are coming soon, how many are active, how many are under contract, so I can help my sphere and my viewers keep a quick bird's eye view on the market because they don't want a 25-minute dissertation. They just need a quick snapshot. And what we're watching is the number of actives are increasing, which is great. Should have happened in March with our normal spring market. It's a little late. But that means there's more inventory for our buyers. That's good news. It does mean with our sellers, they've got to be slightly more realistic. And that's the job of the pro. Your competition goes in the door and promises the moon. You go in there with your data and say, if the moon delivers, the market's going to deliver it. But as your professional, I'm here for you to see all the different ins and outs, pros and cons. That differentiates you in the long run. That is so good. No, I love how you sh- uh, explaining that went to how you're helping the buyers more than like how you're getting more listings. I absolutely love that mentality. Yeah, it's so good. Talk to us a little bit about Lee Brown University, right? Because you've you've gone over so much in this podcast so quickly. What can people? Is there a place where people can go? Is that what? Is that why you created that kind of putting together a, a framework or game plan? What type of agent is the university set up for? Newer agents, experienced agents. Well, I'll answer that in a second because I I did fail to answer where the listings are coming from. But spoiler alert, most of your buyers out there have not yet sold because they know that if they sell, they have nowhere to go. So start thinking about those neighbors that call you to purchase as a potential listing because many of them are. And that's one of the biggest overlooked opportunities in real estate is that the first time the phone rings, they may represent a purchase and a sale. And whether or not you have access to both is all in how you take care of their needs and you teach them how to buy correctly and sell correctly. So think about it in that way and quit thinking about it as two different pieces all together. So back to Lee Brown University, one of the things that I've been asked over all my years is how? I mean, but but what? But how? Because most company training programs are two weeks long and it's these are the action steps and here's your three ring binder with laminated pages, which might be a PDF now, but it's the same training that's always existed because most brokerages teach people to go get the one or two sales that are in their immediate sphere and they don't teach them how to cultivate, how to nurture, how to close, how to be a professional over time, run a small business. So I put together Lee Brown University, which is what I do. It is soup to nuts, what Lee Brown does for building my database, for what I do for buyers. What are my processes? What do I do for sellers? What are my processes? How do I cultivate over the long term? What do we do for closing gifts, negotiating inspections? I mean, it's everything. And it's designed for the agent who's either trying to figure out how to get this thing going correctly or the agent who needs a reboot. Maybe they've been stuck at that $2 million in volume plateau where a lot of agents get strung out and they're like, I'm almost making enough money, but what do I do differently? Mm. 
And then there is an advanced version for the realtor who says, I need to hear from a top producer because one of my frustrations and the reason I started speaking and teaching is I was frustrated by going to learn from coaches and speakers. And then I, I look them up and I find out I've sold more this month than they sold in the last four years combined. And that's frustrating because then you have a credibility issue. I need to go next level. I need somebody that can get me next level. So I've built it for that reason. And of course, my volume today is far lower than it used to be because now I spend a lot of time in political work and in speaking and training, but I still do work with buyers and sellers because I believe for my credibility to stay accurate, I have to be active in the market so that I understand what's happening in the trenches because this is not the same market that we had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or 40 years ago, and nobody should pretend that it is. Some things remain the same, but other things change as consumer behaviors evolve. And our job as pros is to make ourselves evolve with it. Yep. No, I totally agree. I think the unfortunate thing that happens in coaching industries and stuff like that is it becomes all principle-based and the tactics are no longer good, right? Even though the principles are sound and principles are correct, but the tactics have you know changed because technology and all that changes because that's why you got to stay active in the game and whatever game you're in. All right. So we got to ask you because we ask every successful person that comes on the show. And I think you mentioned some of it. I'm like, you, you run every morning, but Josh and I are, are into self-development, self-improvement, becoming the best version of yourself. Is there a routine or routines that you implement every single day that you really look back on your life and you go, wow, that has really, really made a difference in my life and has helped me get to where I'm at? Well, it is my relationship with Jesus Christ, if you want me to tell you right straight up what it is. Don't sugarcoat it. The better I do at reading my scriptures every day, the more I realize God talks to me every day. And I'm like, stop, just give me a second, (laughs) because I really feel like I get fussed out a lot for all of my mistakes that I make. Because every day I'm trying trying to get stronger, trying to get better. The version of me that was in the business 20 years ago was not nearly as good at connecting with people, whether they're fellow realtor colleagues or with the public as I am now, but I'm also older. I have less of a filter, but my filter is smarter than it was then. Having kids changed me. So I look at all of the ways my life has moved and what does that mean to my long-term business? It all goes back to how much time I spend with the book and in prayer and also how much time I spend with my family because they're the only ones that don't care how much I've sold. They're the only ones that don't care how many likes to have on Instagram. My kids are continually horrified by me because they're teenagers. (laughs) They tell me I'm extra. And my daughter likes to remind me that it's middle-aged moms like me who ruined Instagram. So I tell her, you know, you're welcome because we'll ruin something else next. But I love hanging out with them because they they keep me in, in mom's face so that I don't let my ego get really big. And it's realtors. It's so easy when you've sold a bunch of houses. We elevate each other so much. We forget that everybody's got something in their life that's just on fire almost all the time. So we have to treat each other as though we don't care about volume. And I've worked on that. And I think I'm better at that than I was. But I know I still have room to go. Mm. The other thing I will tell you is I, I never stopped reading. I never stopped learning. I am... Always thirsty for books. It's my biggest budget league. I would much rather have 25 new books than update my iPhone because wow. that's not necessary to me. 
So on my desk right now, there's like, these are the four books I'm reading right now. I've, I've, I've read this before, but Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews will make you stop and think. This one's about my county. I'm looking for facts that I didn't know. I grew up here. That's I do great. real estate here. So I'm trying to see what I don't know because that'll become content. Yep. Um, I'm reading Strong Advice by Zuby. I don't know if you follow Zuby on Twitter, but you can see there's art on the cover. That's art and <laughs> about fitness and art. And then I'm also, I just finished reading this one, The Wisdom Pyramid by Brett McCracken. And this is a really impactful book about getting your priorities back in line with where you spend your time and where you're increasing your depth and broadening. So I'm using this one actually to be a better parent of teenagers in the world where they've gotten so buried in device and they're mm. not great with small talk and body language. So we work on those things as a family because I'm determined not to raise a flock of assholes. And so I've got to make sure that Wait. I'm sending a flock of good birds into the world. What was world. the name of that, that last book again? Nugget, I, I though. Need to- the wisdom, the wisdom pyramid. pyramid. All right, I'm going to write that one down. And in <laughs> fact, I interviewed the author. He was I made him get on Clubhouse so I could interview him. He was not on Clubhouse. And I said, I really love this book. And I think entrepreneurs could learn a lot about priorities from the way you look at faith. And he came to Clubhouse and we had a wonderful hour together asking him some questions and getting some insight because I do love social media. I just don't want social media to own me. I need to own it. Mm. So I'll add one more little piece there for your listeners and viewers. If you want to own social media and not let it take over, you build the content strategy in advance. What do you want to talk about? That's why, you know, for example, I'm going to have a series of stuff about my city and my county. And I'm researching first. I'm not just flying off the handle. And then I will batch my content. So when I record podcast episodes, when I record my cooking videos, which that's turned into its own beast. And that's actually a revenue producer. I'm now the spokesperson for Dixie Crystal Sugar by starting that cooking show during the pandemic. That was wild. But you, you build all these things out. And so I'll take a day out of my calendar. And that day, I will make my business spotlights. I'll do five of them. Shazam, that's a little bit over a month. I'll do five realtor tips. Boom, over a month because they do one a week. And then I don't have to stress every day about what do I post? What do I post? What do I post? Yeah. So you got you to plan just this much. I don't plan my, my real estate day is 24 hours old because of real estate. Content though is not nearly as time sensitive as y'all think it is. No, I love that. It's such a golden nugget. So many people struggle with content. How do you come up with content? How do, you've got to consume content. I mean, Lee is reading a book about yeah. the history of her county so that she can not only create content, but I'm sure be able to share some fun facts whenever you're showing people new to the area. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so go back to your earlier point, you know, the, the less than 10 year in the business realtor, where do you get business from? Look, if you know some things about your area, Hey, this is what used to be over here. So for example, the building that I'm in, I own my commercial building. My real estate office is upstairs. I rent out the rest of it. Mm. This building is historic. It was the livery in this city a hundred years ago. Mm. And so when I tell buyers and sellers that, they're like, that's so cool. And now your credibility went... And you might or might not know the neighborhood. You might or might not know the comp, but they assume that you are a a well-educated professional because you knew things that nobody else knew. So just make yourself go learn a thing that nobody else may or may talk about. And then when your clients are with you, just pepper it in and you'll be amazed at how it changes their impression of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With that credibility comes trust. With that trust comes business. So I just got the uh, leg shaving joke. I just figured it out. (laughs) Took me. 
and, and your wife will appreciate me very much because yeah. if you didn't I appreciate know, friend, that. that's Thank a you. signal. It's a signal. If we go to all that work, there should be dinner involved. And, we we, and ladies and gentlemen, that is the golden Thank nugget. Thank you right so there. much for being on the podcast. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Where do you want them to uh, go to learn more? You can find me on any of the social networks. I do respond to all my stuff myself because I believe social was meant to be mm, social, which is, by the way, a little tip to y'all who like to automate content. Come on, man. Stop. Anyway, so you can find me Lee Brown or Lee Thomas Brown anywhere. My main website is LeeBrown.com. If you can't spell Lee Brown, you should probably just read the show notes for this episode after you subscribe and give it five stars (laughs) because that's what makes podcasters happy. And we also like little reviews. If you're like, I don't know what just happened here, that we, we take that too. <laughs> so make sure that you leave some kind words because these guys worked hard to bring you some excellent content to make your life better. And that was unsolicited. They didn't ask. And that's why they're like, oh, yeah. I think you have, I think you have my works. notes in front of you. I love it. I don't even think I have to do it's it so now. so good. You can get all of those links that Lee mentioned there at staypaidpodcast.com. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, Lee already went over them. So you can leave yeah, a review. Leave a review. Tell a friend. Make sure to tell a friend about this episode. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. Thanks again, Lee. Thank you all for listening. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. What an incredible episode. I mean, you got to go listen to that again. I encourage you to check out Lee's stuff. You get this and more every day following her content. She just gives and gives and gives. And what a great action item for all of us to take advantage of, which is spend some time actually getting content and actually consuming it yourself. And for all my real estate agents, what a no-brainer to go find a book at your local library on your county, on your city, on your town you live in, because just the credibility that will give you and the knowledge. So if you're in real estate, no-brainer, you got to do that. But no matter what industry you're in, consume some content to help you really understand, okay, this will inspire you to put out your own content. And I always tell people, when you feel like your well's empty, it's because you're not taking care of your body, mind, and spirit. If you take care of your body, mind, and spirit in those different ways that you should be, you're going to be full. That bank account's going to be full. You're going to be going to it to be able to take withdrawals every time you need it, but it starts by actually feeding it. Remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. Thank you.